1: Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.
2: Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 588. As I hope you can hear, we're not alone. Uh, We're live today from Acadia National Park here at the ranger station for the Skudik Woods Campground in Winter Harbor, Maine. What a beautiful place it is even though we can't see a thing today because there's a little fog here, but that's gonna be lifting soon, I'm sure. We've already seen so many wonderful sites since we've been here at Acadia. Um, This is the Scudic Woods area. This is the newest part of Acadia. And I think, Dave, just a a year or so, this has been open. So a lot of people still don't know about this. It's a wonderful, beautiful part, the kind of the Eastern part of Acadia uh, National Park here in Winter Harbor. Well, just three days from now, August 25th, 2016, we'll all celebrate the 100th anniversary of the day that President Woodrow Wilson, following in the footsteps of former presidents who had a part in building the national park system, signed the bill which created the National Park Service. That signing put in place a new bureau in the Department of the Interior responsible for protecting what were then 35 national parks and monuments managed by the department and those yet to be established well today our national park system comprises more than 400 areas covering more than 84 million acres in 50 states all 50 states along with the district of columbia American Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, Saipan, and the Virgin Islands. And among the most popular of all the parks and venues in the system is the one from which we're broadcasting our show this morning, Acadia National Park, which is also celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. A couple of words from the park. The park superintendent, Kevin Schneider, and friends of Acadia, President David McDonald, described it this way, 100 years ago, Acadia National Park was conserved to ensure that its stunning beauty, natural wonders, and cultural treasures would be protected for the inspiration and enjoyment of all. And it is certainly enjoyed by so many people now. As I said, we're here in the newest part of the park on what is known as the Skutik Peninsula. We're right in front of the beautiful new ranger station in Skutik Woods. And we're joined by a man from an Acadia National Park partner organization called the Scudic Institute, where he serves as Bird Ecology Program Director. He is Seth Benz, and he's been playing bird songs on his iPhone or his smartphone for the last few minutes,
3: and maybe uh, he'll do it again. Seth Benz, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Seth. Oh, good morning, Ray. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I was playing the laughing goal there, um, trying to get the mood of the crowd uh, uh, going. Okay. <laughs> I, think it, I think it worked. Well... Uh, Tell us
2: about the Scudic Institute, Seth, and and how it partners uh, with Acadia National Park.
3: Well, the Scudic Institute helps the National Park um, achieve the original vision for Acadia, which is uh, uh, as a destination for inspiration, as you said in the opening, but to do that through science. So we engage people in ecosystem science, people of all ages, all learning uh, styles, um, and we bring them here to study things like freshwater and ocean ecology, forest ecology and of course bird ecology. We do that through something called citizen science which I believe we'll get into a little bit later in the show.
2: And how long has it been here? How long has the Scudic Institute been in existence?
3: So the Scudic Institute uh, came to be after the uh, the U.S. Navy base that was stationed uh, down by Scudic Point. Um, uh, they decommissioned in 2002 and the institute started up uh, almost immediately thereafter. So we're Um, Since 2002, the Institute has been just down the road from this lovely facility, and um, uh, I came in 2011 to the Scudic Institute.
2: By the way, if you come here to the ranger station, you won't think it's a ranger station. Am I right, everybody, when you see this gorgeous place here? This has only been here about a year. It looks like, uh, I don't know, maybe a rustic hotel. But it's uh, just part of this beautiful Scudic Woods area. As uh, Seth said, we'll talk more about citizen science, which is such a wonderful thing that has developed, I, I think we could say fairly recently, in terms of how scientists and researchers have really uh, begun to uh, take advantage of us regular folks doing uh, a lot of uh, data collecting for uh, for birds and, and so many other other things having to do with the environment and conservation. So we're up here in Maine, so we thought, you know, we got this new thing where we have bonus states every week on our mystery bird contest, in which case, if you're in one of those states and you call us, uh, we have an extra special bonus prize, even if you don't correctly identify our mystery bird. So we're going way out to California as our as our bonus state today so here's how it works if you can call in and get through to us first from california on our mystery bird contest i know it's early there uh you'll win a special bonus prize in addition to any other prizes you you might win and it is the celestron national park foundation three-in-one device this is a perfect thing if you're doing a little camping at a national park or any place else and it features a rechargeable power pack to charge up your phones and tablets and such, plus a 12-hour hand warmer and a multifunction LED flashlight. So if you're in California and you get to us here on the Mystery Bird Contest first, you'll win that special prize in addition to those other prizes you might win. So good luck, uh, Golden Staters, and I don't mean the Warriors. And by the way, you're eligible uh, on our Mystery Bird Contest if you haven't won uh, in the in the uh, past six months, but more on that in a little bit. We'd like to say a very special thanks this morning to our friends at LL Bean. They have done so much. They have really made it possible for us to be here at Acadia National Park to join the celebration of Acadia's 100th anniversary, along with the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service. So thank you, LL Bean. Special hello to all our friends at the LL Bean flagship store just down the road in Freeport, Maine. Uh, one of the things you've already done since we've been here is to take a ride on the Island Explorer. This is an amazing bus service, free bus service all over Skutik Peninsula and all over the rest of uh, the Acadia National Park over on MDI, as as the folks here refer to it, um, which is uh, Mount Desert Island or Mount Desert Island. That debate uh, continues to go on, I guess, how, as to how that's pronounced. Anybody weighing in on that? Mount Desert, Mount Desert. All right, never mind. Okay. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you on behalf of uh, the Island Explorer because I know they are, are grateful to L.L. Bean, uh, which has donated more than $3 million to Friends of Acadia to support that Island Explorer bus service and Acadia <laughs> National Park. Really something uh, very, very special. So we, we really do thank L.L. Bean on our behalf and on behalf of, of the all the services here and uh, Acadia as well.
3: It looks like we lost Ray, we'll try to get back in touch with him. But for now, we'll go to the Featured Feathered Friend.
2: As far as we know, the last time today's Featured Feathered Friend was seen here in Maine was in 1987. Our friend is a large wading bird that breeds on Arctic coasts and tundra in Northern Europe, Asia, and Western Alaska and winters on coasts in temperate and tropical regions of the Old World and of Australia and New Zealand. Its biggest claim to fame is a big one indeed. Its migration represents the longest non-stop flight of any bird and the longest journey without pausing to feed by any animal on Earth. In 2007, a female of this species was found to have traveled 7,145 miles non-stop from Alaska to New Zealand, flying continuously for nine days without a break for food or drink. One researcher described that as the equivalent of a human running at 43 miles an hour for more than a week. The bird is the bar-tailed godwit. This large shorebird has a long, up-curved bill. In breeding plumage, it sports scaled brown, black and gray mottled upper parts and pale red-brown underparts. It's mostly dull gray-brown all over in the winter. The tail is white with dark bars and the legs and feet are gray. It moves in direct flight with steady wing beats and it recharges by foraging for mollusks, worms, and aquatic insects in shallows or exposed flats. And why godwit? It's apparently an English word first recorded in the 15th century. And thought to be an imitation of the bird's call. Well, part of that sounded like Godwit, sort of. The nonstop, direct flight, migration champion of the world, Limosa laponica, the bar tailed Godwit. Today's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. Thanks again for being with us here. It's our show number 588 live today from Acadia National Park, the Skudik Woods Peninsula here by the ranger station at the Skudik Woods Campground. We have lots of folks here visiting us. Right here on the patio of the ranger station how many ranger stations even have patios come to think of it but this is just a beautiful <laughs> a beautiful uh spot here don't forget to follow us uh, on our website talkingbirds.com no g in talking and on, on where a facebook yeah thank you debbie and twitter at talkingbirds. birds we're welcoming again uh seth the Skudik Institute's director of bird ecology, responsible for coordinating biodiversity research, conducting citizen science phenology and migration monitoring efforts and developing bird ecosystem programs. He formerly served with National and Maine Audubon and Hawk Mountain Sanctuary, and as an interpretive ranger here at Acadia National Park, where he kickstarted, if that's the right term, an interpretive hawk watching site on Cadillac Mountain. He has conducted raptor migration and seabird breeding research and designed and developed and implemented several ecological education programs. Seth, welcome back. I know it hasn't been long, but good to have you uh, with us here. We have such an appreciative audience here. Isn't, it, isn't that isn't that nice? By the way, th- uh, phenology, phono- uh, uh, is this the right definition? The study of seasonal natural phenomena? especially in relation to climate and plant and animal life. Does it look like I just looked that up and wrote that?
3: (laughs) Yeah, so we say that it's the the timing of when things happen in nature, such as um, when um, uh, flowers happen in your backyard or lilacs bloom. uh, Your local local plants around where you live um, is what we study. We just happen to be doing it here in the National Park. Mm
2: -hmm. So you... Professionals, researchers, scientists,
3: and also with the general public. So it's a very wide-ranging uh, effort. Right. We we uh, pride ourselves in our work to bring uh, to engage ordinary citizens in the the scientific research that we're doing, and essentially that is uh, what citizen science is. So anyone, anyone. In our audience and many people who come to the park can, in, can do things like with their iPhone, take photographs of insects, for instance, or or birds. Um, there are apps uh, pretty much for everything where you can upload the information. And we as researchers and our professional partner researchers can use that information to understand what's happening with, with diversity in the park.
2: How important would you say citizen science is? I mean, I think not very long ago, uh, maybe researchers weren't uh, that open to having, you know, us regular folks contribute, but that's really changed, hasn't it?
3: I believe so. Yes, and and it's it's true to say that uh, it's it's recent in the in terms of coining the phrase citizen science. But um, uh, long ago, um, back in the 30s and so forth, it was – well, actually, back in 1900, the, uh, the Audubon Christmas Bird Count was was thought of as one of the first and foremost citizen science projects where um, we transformed the hunting of birds into the, the searching for birds with binoculars and learning more about birds in, in – areas in the country so binoculars replaced the gun and from then on um, studies and research have uh, uh, promulgated but it it really is like christmas bird count is a quintessential citizen science project started in 1900 so this this term as a professional term has has come into play more so in the last 10 15 years and now Worldwide citizen science association. Um, so we have folks from all the almost all the continents in the world um, that belong to this citizen science association.
2: And we mentioned about uh, Cadillac Mountain, and you've kind of been, been kind of a driving force. Is that fair to say? Uh, you know, creating an interpretive hawk watching site there. Tell us about that.
3: So um, in my path sanctuary in Pennsylvania. And of course, that's a famous place where, again, that the gunning of, of uh, or the shooting of hawks in their migratory routes was stopped in favor of studying them. And I was fortunate coming out of college to, to work there. Um, and uh, so we came, we came forward here when I landed as a um, interpretive ranger at Acadia National Park in 1991. I wrote a proposal for Cadillac Mountain uh to start a uh a hawk interpretive hawk watch um i only spent one season here and moved on but they implemented the uh the idea in 1994 and it's been going strong ever since
2: wonderful and the other thing uh seth among your many many duties leading bird ecotourism programs where did where do you
3: well as a matter of fact we uh we have a mountains to the sea uh Eco tour program and a winged migration. We're in the middle of one right now. Uh, the folks on this tour are headed down east to uh, Lubeck and then to Campobello Island in Canada. So I broke away from that from the flock this morning um, to come here to do your show. Uh, but them and uh we do that in conjunction with the main birding trail uh here in the state of course and um uh, so we take 10 people and two guides uh, you know a nice relationship ratio of guides to participants participants come from all over the country the this group that i'm with now we have uh, four folks from colorado um i'm sorry four folks from texas two from colorado and uh, uh four folks from um, the state of maine actually
2: how do folks find uh, Scudic Institute? Seth, you encourage people to go to your, your website and learn about what you're doing?
3: Absolutely. Scudicinstitute.org. And so we get the nod from Sarah over here, our <laughs> communications <laughs> director. Said, <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> thumbs up. Yay, Sarah. Yeah, so scudicinstitute.org is the place to find us, and you can find the menu of all of the different things that we do. Do you know how
2: to spell Scudic?
3: I do. Okay. It starts out like school, S C H double o d i c okay
2: and the scudic institute.org that's correct all right seth Benz, ladies and gentlemen from the scudic institute (laughs) uh, tuning into our show uh we are doing this live from scudic peninsula here at the ranger station at the scudic woods campground in a beautiful place it is part of the great acadia national park up next here it is our mystery bird contest in just one minute if you've listened to talking birds over the past several weeks you may have heard us talking about our upcoming trip to the galapagos islands and guess what the guest list is now almost full so if you'd like to join us and we hope you will the time to sign up is now we'll travel with our friends from sunrise birding one of the world's finest small group touring companies i'll be your host for the trip to this truly amazing place where we'll get up close to giant Galapagos tortoises and marine iguanas and hundreds of spectacular bird species, including Darwin's famous finches, and we'll even snorkel with Galapagos penguins. We'll be led by expert local guides, and we'll cruise in comfort aboard a custom-designed first-class yacht. Sound good? Well, don't hesitate. There are just a few cabins still available. We'll visit places and see things that most other tour groups simply don't see. Get all the details right now at sunrisebirding.com. That's sunrisebirding.com. Talking Birds is sponsored in part by Chimani, providing free outdoor mobile app travel guides to plan and navigate your journey to more than 400 national parks and monuments and historic sites from Acadia to Zion. Go to chimani.com. That's C-H-I-M a n i dot com to download your free app today here in the mystery bird contest as we mentioned our bonus state is california we know it's early out there but if you're listening in california uh we have that beautiful celestron national park foundation three in one device a wonderful thing if you're doing any kinds of of camping in the the national park or any place else don't forget you can hear our our show live online wherever you are just go to talkingbirds.com and you can see how to do that our mystery bird contest i'm going to give you the phone number first cuz that we feel is the most important part so you can call into our our uh, our mystery bird contest 781-837-4900 is the number it's 781-837-4900 you're eligible to win if you haven't been a winner on talking birds in the past 6 months our prize this morning is the droll yankee's uh, sfd double suet feeder dogs love it people love it and birds love it It's perfect for treating your backyard birds to their favorite suet or fruit. And we're getting into suet season here pretty soon. And as with the other Droll Yankees feeders, it has uh, the lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. And we have a bonus prize, and that's a 12-ounce bag of Birds and Beans shade-grown bird-friendly coffee. That is our favorite coffee, and we uh, hope you will uh, will drink some and buy some at birdsandbeans.com. Okay, here's the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a Northwoods raptor, a fierce predator that plucks its bird victims right from the sky or plunges at breathtaking speed to strike prey at ground level. It's the largest member of its family in the world, our bird has moderately pointed wings, a relatively long tail, and a thick, powerful body covered in plumage that ranges from almost pure white to shades of gray and dark brown. Seth, can I get a nod or a shake of the head? As is, he gave me a thumbs up on that description, so I think we're on. <laughs> I think we're on track there. What is it? Uh, tell us what it is, or take a guess, uh, because no correct answer will. Um, uh, d- uh, will result in a drawing is what it will do and then that will uh, result in a winner I think I've got that part right as well seven eight three seven four nine hundred is the number to call in that beautiful droll Yankees double suet feeder uh, is the prize seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred up next we're going to talk live at least we're planning to with Mike O'Connor uh, from the Bird watchers general store on Cape Cod it's our live let's ask Mike in just one minute.
4: There's a crisis facing us today that reaches far beyond borders or boundaries. It's our planet, and it's in trouble. Scientists estimate that climate change will increasingly alter our planet, and many of our land and water resources will be at risk. Without them, we could lose many of the natural habitats that support life on Earth. Not only will numerous plant and animal species disappear, but the quality of life for all of us, will never be the same. What scientists haven't calculated is the power of the human will to work together to save the future of our natural world and all of its inhabitants. If you're ready to make a difference that lasts, to help protect nature and preserve life, visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org today. That's nature.org today.
2: Oh, Mike, I don't know if you can hear that. Let's ask Mike music there. We're playing it here from Acadia National Park. So we're far away from you, so we're not exactly sure you could hear that. But the main thing is, um, are you there? One second, I am. Oh, a little word from our engineer. You, you didn't hear that, did you? No, it's okay. all cool. We'll filter that out. Oh, it's all cool. That must be Mike. <laughs> Let's hear it from Mike. We have a studio audience here, Mike. All oh right. Oh, my
0: God. This is amazing. E- every- <laughs> I feel like I everything a- is cool. Man. I feel this is going to be such a touch of dawn. I, sh- I feel like I should be doing magic tricks or something like that.
2: <laughs> Mike, I know you'd love to be here uh, at Acadia with us, but you don't want to get too far away from serving uh, from your cash cash. I mean, uh, from serving uh, your customers there at the uh, <laughs> That's
0: right. It's money the- season the- here on Cape Cod, right?
2: General, but yeah. Next,
0: next so let's Cape, see. Acadia I'm- is my favorite
2: that's yeah, a lot of left favorite park why wouldn't it be It's such a magnificent place well we talked about uh, bird feeders I mean uh, not bird feeders but bird baths a couple of weeks ago and uh, what you had something to sort of, to add to that we we're giving advice on you know how, how to uh, how to have the right kind of bird how could recap that briefly and then um, you know, tell us uh, that other thing. It's about algae, right?
0: Right. Well, I don't know what's going on in Maine, but here in uh, low in New England, it's pretty dry, and a lot of people have been putting out bird baths, which are good. And I advise people to put out fairly shallow bird baths because that's what the birds like. They don't want to get in too deep. Trouble is, um, algae can build up, and people worry about that, and they start wanting to add bleach. They also have these enzyme chemicals that they want to add to the water, and I don't really recommend those. I just, I recommend people. The best way to keep algae and keep your water clean from your bird bath, keep algae out, is just change the water daily. Go in with a stiff nylon brush, brush it out, and add fresh water. A lot of people say, well, it's a lot of work. Well, you know what? We wash our coffee mug every day. We can just put fresh water on our bird bath, and that way we don't have to add all these crazy additives that people talk about, which are questionable and may be harmful to the birds, and, and, and plus the birds... If you don't change the water the birds, if, they, if they've if they got an illness, the droppings go in the water and they spread it to each other. So my I encourage people just to go out when they're bird baths, just on their way to work, on their way to water the flowers, change the water in the bird bath, scrub it out, add some fresh water, then you get don't get an algae buildup, and you don't get nasty, disgusting water for the birds to drink either. Did anybody All right. hear there any of be, that? Are they
2: going get that here in the a- Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. They, uh, they're... They're taking it all in, but you said that only works in lower New England?
0: No. <laughs> That's why we're having a drought. You could you try that up in Maine. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, you can try it's, it. it's so dry down here, Ray, the tide doesn't come in anymore. That's how dry it is.
2: Whoa. <laughs> Mike, thank you for that good advice. Mike O'Connor from the legendary Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Okay, hey, we'll talk, talk to you next week, week.
0: Have, Enjoy your trip.
2: Thanks. All right. We're back. The mystery bird contest, 781-837-4900 is the number to call. We're trying to identify this mystery bird. If you can wrap that bird up again, Jesse. Our bird is a Northwoods raptor, a fierce predator that plucks its bird victims in the air, plunges at breathtaking speed to strike prey at ground level little description of our, our mystery bird. Moderately pointed wings, a relatively long tail, a thick, powerful body, and uh, it's covered in plumage. Well, that would be with the, pretty much any bird. Uh, but it's plumage that's almost, uh, ranges from almost pure white, pure white to shades of gray and dark brown. One eight three seven four nine hundred is the number. And we have Amanda calling from somewhere. What does that say there? From Tennessee. Hey, Tennessee. Good morning, Amanda good morning here can do you want to say hi to the folks in maine
4: oh hi folks
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we're not actually from maine but we're here in maine so it's good enough we have susan and mary from georgia and we have folks from where do where else yeah, we have a, from, uh, virginia. virginia yes okay well it's new, sort of near kentucky and connie, uh, and dave from all well, of connie and dave travel all over the world but uh Anyway, back to you, Amanda. Uh, on the mystery bird, what do you say it is? Uh, I think it's a. I
0: think it's a broad-winged hawk.
2: A broad-winged hawks. Uh, Seth yes. is not giving a thumbs up on this one. I'm sorry to say, not a broad-winged hawk. Uh, but thank you, Amanda. Thanks for calling from okay. Tennessee. We have uh, Bill from Pembroke, Massachusetts. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Bill. How are you there? Bill. <laughs> Bill? Okay. Yep, I'm going GF-O. one. Oh, Hello, Bill. It's it's Phil. Good morning, Bill. Phil. Oh, it's Phil. No wonder. All right, says Bill here. What are we sorry about that, Phil? Okay, Phil from Pembroke. Uh yeah, where were we? Mystery bird. What do you think the bird is, uh, Phil? A geofalcon. Falcon. Thumbs up from Seth Benz from the Scudic Institute. A geofalcon Falcon is right. Wow. I All hate right. to say it, but this show really fast, and we are already out of time. Thank you so okay. much to everyone who helped us here. Michael Modell from the Acadia Deputy Superintendent, Sean Cloutier. Uh, great thanks to uh, Chuck. Chuck is not Dave and uh, and Connie and everybody here and everybody for coming to our show this morning. And L.L. Bean, great thanks to you again. See you next week.
1: And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.